Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On our latest episode, Josh Peterson and I share our thoughts on the winners and losers of the summer box office season. We also discuss the future of the Marvel comic book franchise after the fall of the Secret Empire. Plus another hit song from Plasma Z and Dylan Manus from the Punched Out Podcast stops by to talk the future for John Jones and can Bellator ever become a true rival for the UFC? It's another string of podcasting blockbuster hits and misses we have for you today as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the P. C.C. Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate being part of the broadcast here today. And as always, my good friend, well, the, the main cog in the full machinery known as Humanica Media is here and back again. It is the chief among all chiefs at Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend? How much to you? I'm uh, yeah, I've been playing video games, been editing podcasts, been doing all kinds of fun stuff. And such is the life of Josh Peterson. Oh yeah, what an exciting life it is too. I, I like I'm noticing that I, I've spent more time in front of my computer than I do anywhere else. So uh, when you finally read the book 
as far as Ready Player One, as we've talked about off camera, uh, you'll understand <laughs> how uh, certain individuals in the story might relate a lot to that. So uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just leave it there. But uh, definitely looking forward to that movie. By the way, I heard there's some changes that are going on. I'm not exactly hunky dory with, but it's always creative licensing in Hollywood. But I'm just hoping it'll turn out well. But moving on to a little bit something different then. This is, uh, once again, the PCC Multiverse. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great episode here today. We're going to be talking the winners and losers this summer at the box office. Uh, you know, As far as the, the summer movie season has now come to a close. And I'll tell you what, it didn't come to a great close. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Uh, we also got some great things to talk about and some you know things that'll look good towards the the movie industry in the future in regards to some of the things that would that really stuck out to us in the summer movie season. Plus, we'll also be talking to Dylan Manus of the Punched Out Podcast. We truly appreciate him joining us today on on this episode, and he'll be talking about Bellator and and all the great things going on in the MMA world. And can Bellator compete? As a high-level competitor to the UFC, we'll share our thoughts on that as well. And, and of course, we'll also talk a little bit more about the final chapter in Secret Empire. How did it close out? We're going to have share some spoilers there that, well, they're not too much spoilers if you're actually just, you know, blasting it all over Times Square like they did. But we'll talk a little bit more about that and the future for Marvel coming off the Secret Empire franchise. So a lot of great things looking forward to indeed, including another great song from Plasma Z. But I tell you what, Josh, it is time first. I want to delve into some of the most positive aspects of the summer movie season. But first, what is coming up from your great channel known as Humanica Media? Uh, just the usual. We have a uh, new... Super BS Games Cast, and you know, can tune in Tuesday for the Podcast Radio Network show. Uh, there'll be some new Topocalypse up next week, as well as uh, we're going to be recording next Saturday. We'll be recording new What About This? So there's there's all kinds of things in the pipeline. You can check out a couple of reviews going up on the Pop Culture website. A lot of stuff. Just follow the Facebook page. I honestly like can't remember <laughs> most of what I'm doing here. <laughs> but as also as well, there's also something coming up from a good friend as far as Charles and also the great people at Inside Sports. Is that correct? Right, right, yeah. Um, I know you guys have probably seen uh, a lot of Inside Sports. We talked about it, and we put a couple things up. We're actually starting Inside Sports from episode one, so you can tune in every week for uh, you know football talk, basketball talk, fantasy football, uh, UFC. They're going to start diving into hockey soon. We're, uh, you know, we're – we're working out the, all the production details right now, but you can catch the first episode. Uh, it'll be up Friday sometime. And then, uh, yeah, so any support there would be awesome. And, and definitely indeed. And don't forget Attack. I want to say this again. Attack of the Humanicans. That's coming up 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. Well, it's, it comes out a day before the number one show six months in a row on the podcast radio network that is the pop culture cosmos show we truly appreciate you watching and listening to all those shows when they're recorded and also when they play and and don't forget they're also available for download and streaming as well 
Like I said, it's going to be a great episode indeed. But Josh, it is time to delve into the winners and losers, losers of the summer box office. So I ask you, we're going to start off with the winners and start everything on a high note, on a good, positive note, and get that positive mental frame, that frame of mind, which which has that almost like Nirvana Zen-like state with some good vibes. And I ask you, Josh, what is your first choice as the big winner of the summer movie season? <sighs> Talk about a high note. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. You're wrong, Gerald. That is my first summer. <laughs> right off the bat. That's his big winner. Yeah, I actually bought it on Blu-ray and I watched it and I loved it the second time. Are so you feeling well? That was what's that? Are you feeling well? Oh, I'm I'm feeling great. I'm feeling like I I own one of the best movies I've ever seen. But anyways, uh, on to my next two picks here. Don't make that face, Gerald. 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 <laughs> Baby Driver and Logan Lucky. I feel like those were the two sleeper hits of the summer to me. And I know Logan Lucky's still not doing so hot at the box office, but it was I thoroughly enjoyed these two movies. Didn't know what to expect going into them, and they kind of surprised me. I kind of see them building up a following like the Boondock Saints did or, or Super Troopers that come out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and people will watch them and realize, you know, these are these are pretty good movies. So those are my winners. I, I Of course, you know, I liked the Marvel films and all that good stuff that are coming out, but I feel like we're, I want to talk about movies that actually deserve to be watched as far as like, uh, you know, they have that underdog status. So I thought I'd push them a little bit. Especially uh, Daniel Craig's performance and Logan Lucky. I think people need to remind themselves of it when it comes to Oscar time, because I think that performance, quite honestly, yeah. no matter how lackluster the movie performed and it didn't bomb by any stretching imagination, but it also didn't perform at the level. I think a lot of people were hoping to, I, I don't think it was marketed very well. I know. And I, I agree with you on that. I only saw two or three trailers for it and before it even came out, but most of it was internet marketing that I saw. Right. Right. And um, yeah, but it was like, there's a lot of big names in that movie that I had no idea. You know, you got like Channing Tatum and, uh, Katie Holmes and uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Seth MacFarlane was in the movie. I had had no idea, and then finally, because he talks in a British accent, and then it finally hit me, and I'm like, ah. But uh, yeah, those are my my. And then Daniel Craig, who has a British accent, decides to ditch it for this role, and actually, his character just really just jumped off the page at every time I I was able to see his his performance. Well, even the characters that were uh kind of foils to his characters like his, his two brothers like they even the scenes that he wasn't in you still appreciated him for uh because of the interactions that his brothers were going through were prompted because of his character so it's it's very clever writing very clever the way they weaved it all together yeah it's just it's it's one of those movies that you you really i can't do it justice by talking about it you just got to go out and watch it well, definitely, those are some good choices indeed. Now, you mentioned those three off the bat, but is there any other films that you thought was a was a big hit this summer box office movie season? You know, like I said, like I saw the superhero flicks like uh, Wonder Woman, Guards of the Galaxy, really like those movies, but I didn't feel that they people are going to like those regardless of what, uh, 
know how I feel about them. But Spider Man was really good. I, I did I really did want to talk about Dunkirk though, just because it it was a very it was a genuinely good movie. It's one of those movies. It's it's not just a movie. It's an experience. It's like something you you really have to go to the theaters to see to really appreciate what the movie is. Well, that's actually the first movie that I had thought of as far as the big winner this summer box office movie season. It is Dunkirk. I think it is just extremely another, I think it's just another feather in the cap for Christopher Nolan and proves his worth as one of the top-notch directors in Hollywood today. And it was a performance. See, the best thing about Dunkirk is that reliant on performances per se, as far as uh, an actor having to carry or an actress having to carry through themselves, through a movie, and as far as the audience is concerned, through a lot of writing and a lot of dialogue and things of that nature. This was, it was basically categorized by Nolan's direction and vision through the film and him guiding the audience through each chapter and through each time segment uh, of the the actual uh, uh, conflict at Dunkirk and all the situations surrounding it and the help and, and, and the things of that nature and the rescue and all that. I don't know if it's his best overall movie, but I I do think without a doubt it is his best directorial performance. And the reason why I say it is because so much was relying on a cinematic concept as opposed to a writing, as opposed to a dialogue, as opposed to you know one one actor or two actors or three actors trying to carry the weight of the story. That seems to resonate more with the audience in this case and, and just the vision and the imagery that was used, I think, propelled that film to, to absolute greatness. And that's why the film actually has performed so well at the box office, not only in the month of July, but it is probably one of the top, if not the top box office film overall in the month of August as well. And we'll get to a little bit more of that a little bit later, but it definitely performed well above beyond expectations and obviously we as the audience was better for it as well and i also think along with daniel craig's performance in logan lucky that movie along with my next choice will probably be thought of at the end of the year when it comes down to looking towards the oscar season and and possible oscar nominations definitely dunkirk will be something that to be made aware of during that that time and and as far as being pushed as far as uh, a movie that might garner some real real good awards indeed and there's also as well wonder woman wonder woman we, you talked briefly about it but wonder woman i think that has to be a categorical success for the folks at warner brothers and dc it has basically turned around everybody's thoughts and imprints and what they had perceived the DC extended universe should be and was was at the time coming off the disasters known as Suicide Squad and BVS, Batman versus Superman. Those two films were, were just awful beyond all description. And to come out with something so good like Wonder Woman that did so well at the box office definitely was great to see and now people are actually looking forward to justice league and seeing more films down in the future as far as what we talked about with that ever extending list of 
films that they just keep adding on from the DC network as far as whether they're going to end up on, on the screen or not. That's anyone else's guess. But still, it, it's it's a lot of it's because of the renewed enthusiasm people have for the DC universe. And that's all because of Wonder Woman and how solid the film was. A so, you, know, a really, you and I both liked it uh, as far as certain, maybe I liked it a little bit more than you did, but they were bo- it was still both uh, to us a solid experience and something that sets the DC universe forward even more coming in the future. So especially there's a Wonder Woman 2 coming up and all that. So it definitely looks to, you know, that's probably what main reason why I thought Wonder Woman was such a big success this box office season. And last but not least was another superhero movie. I know superhero movies seem to be the thing this this summer, but Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming was, you know, something that definitely uh, brought you know, a renewed sense of enthusiasm for Sony. Now, the the ultimate dollar per dollar as far as what it ultimately will end up getting worldwide may not be substantially much more than what the Amazing Spider-Mans were doing and then what the previous Spider-Mans were doing before that. But that's not the point. The, the point is that Spider-Man Homecoming, as far as it was very well-received by critics, very well-received by fans, and it seems to have garnered an in- renewed interest from the aspect of how Spider-Man fits in that Marvel Cinematic Universe for Marvel and Disney. So definitely some great things that Spider-Man Homecoming did. Like I said, I thought it was a very, very strong movie. I gave it a very high rating here, on the, and you can read my review on the popculturecosmos.wordpress.com site. So definitely some, some great thoughts there as far as how I feel on Spider-Man Homecoming and how well it did the box office. And I think a lot has to be attributed to the good feelings from oh, well back. The seeds were planted at Captain America Civil War and look, look, look what came to fruition. So that ultimate investment that Sony made on allowing Spider-Man into that part of the universe has paid off. Like you and I said before on previous podcasts, we're just hoping Sony's not stupid enough to pull Spider-Man out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe too soon and say, okay, thanks for helping us out. We got to go now. And hopefully they will stay within the Marvel realm for at least some time longer with Spider-Man because I think it's really, it's just really as a good version of Spider-Man. I really think it, it speaks a lot as far as setting up for the future going forward. So your thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming? If Well, just to piggyback on what you said, uh, if Sony decides to pull out at any point or decide to do things on their own, like it not only messes up Marvel's movie plan, but it also is going to ruin any goodwill that the fans were willing to give them over Spider-Man. So it's it, it will literally cause the not just the character, but, you know, the entire MCU to kind of shatter a little bit. It does. And, and you know, because now Spider-Man has become this integral part of the MCU and, and you must now have him be a part of that process, at least through Avengers 4 and hopefully going forward even more than that, because I think it's in both Disney and Sony's best interest to keep that relationship with at least Spider-Man as the point man or as the point individual for this process with the Spider-Man universe being separated from the Marvel universe. As long as you have Spider-Man interacting with both universes, 
I think that's okay, and I think that will, will help audiences better understand both products going forward and, and maybe relieve some of that superhero fatigue you and I always talk about with all these superhero movies taking place. What are your thoughts on the box office with the summer movie season? What are your big hit choices that we'd love to hear from you on what they might be? There's a lot of great movies that came out this summer, and we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on them. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Game Source, and Humanican Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. We've got a lot of great stuff going forward. Our losers, losers, are coming up next as far as it's concerned. But first, we got another great song from Plasma Z, that music that you can hear a lot on his SoundCloud account. That's Plasma Z. Got to check out all of his great stuff there. This is a Plasma Z style remix of Don't Want to Know by Maroon 5. And it's right here on the PCC Multiverse. I don't wanna know, no, no, no. Who's taking you home, 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 home? I'm loving you so, 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 so. The way I used to love you, no, I don't wanna know, no, no, no. Who's taking you home, 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 home? I'm loving you so, 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 so. The way I used to love you, oh, I don't wanna know. Where's this? And the more I drink, the more I think about you. Oh, no, no, I can't take it. Baby, every place I go reminds me of you. Do you think of me? So, 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 so The way I used to love you No, I don't wanna know, no, no, no Who's taking you home, 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 home I'm loving you so, 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 so The way I used to love you
Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Cornflake. So we host the Flopcast. We cover nerd and geek subjects of all types, but this is sort of a sillier, goofier side of geekdom, I'd say. We love to talk about music, especially funny music. We talk about comic books, conventions. Saturday morning cartoons! Oh yeah. I'd say if you're going to put the Flopcast in Brady Bunch terms, we're like the cousin Oliver of podcasting. (laughs) And we do a ridiculous new Flopcast episode every week. What is wrong with us? We really have nothing else to do. (laughs) We're part of the Earth Station One Podcast Network. And you can find us at Flopcast.net. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today and if you for some reason cannot hear our show the pcc multiverse or our other show the pop culture cosmos show on the podcast radio network that is no problem at all because we got a ton of different options where you can download and stream the show at any point in time that's going to be on itunes aka apple podcasts tune in ace podcast network overcast.fm player.fm google play stitcher radio podcast.com mixcloud the eso network the tangent network the gunna geek network cast crunch social podcasts and popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and to our friends at the eso network have truly is just a safe and wonderful time out at dragon con in georgia out there so we just truly appreciate everything you do for us at the eso network as well so, and I'll tell you what, if you get a chance to listen or download and stream those options, you get bonus stuff as well. Like could be an extra podcast from this guy at Humanica Media, all of his good stuff. Could be an extra game source, could be a gamer cast, could be something from Rob McCallum Films, could be something from the Wine Women Awards. You never know what we add on as an extra, but as a bonus, we try very hard to put it there. In fact, if you go back to our last episode on the Pop Culture Cosmos show, we added three extra podcasts. That's right. Three extra podcasts just for listening. So, Josh, we uh, named off some of the winners at the summer box office this season. And and what a great season it was for the most part for May, June, and July. So we've got some time to share some thoughts on what some of the duds, the busts, the losers the movies and and things that in the movie industry that didn't go so well as planned as far as the summer box office movie season so i will hand it over to you what are your choices for some of the worst performing movies the losers of this summer box office season Okay, so my first one was Alien Covenant. Um, I was super stoked about this movie at first because I, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I'm probably one of the few people on the planet who did enjoy Prometheus and where the series was headed after that. And not only did Alien Covenant not deliver on that, they just they went back to the same old formula and then ended on a very frustrating cliffhanger that fan that people were and critics alike were so upset with that it actually made it so they didn't want to make another uh they had to have to re now rethink the future of the alien franchise i remember it making you very angry when we talked about it you made me angry 
No, I remember it making you angry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Um, you can read my review on on our Pop Culture Cosmos website, but they fan service too much, and they just went completely backwards. And they, if, if I wanted to watch aliens chase people around a spaceship, I would just watch the original quadrilogy or whatever. I, I, you know, they they started treading new grounds with Prometheus, and then they just bulldoze that story that they set up with, uh, you know, cheap cutscenes and a few uh, new aliens and uh, on-screen on blood gags and stuff. So it just, it really was a, a very, it upset me. Like, I'm a huge alien fan, and now I just, I don't even want to watch it anymore, so. He bypassed Blade Runner 2049 to direct it, and instead he did this movie instead. Right, so not... Probably not the best decision on his part. So we'll see. I know he's got this whole thing planned out. Now it's just a matter of convincing Fox to let him shoot this movie. But hey, we'll 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 see if he can redeem himself. But I'm I'm doubting it right now. Good luck uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah. My second one is Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales. For a movie that took that was in production for like six years, it was not worth it to me it was not worth the wait it was not worth the continued admiration of the pirate series and it just it yeah it, it took characters that we've been following we've come to love and they just turned them into cannon fodder so we could keep watching johnny depp make a fool of himself and it just it was not a uh it, it was not really a movie as much as it was just a johnny depp freak show and this comes off after the the last movie in the series which was not really that well thought of as well correct correct like this movie was complete fan service it, it that's all it really offered i don't know anyone that walked out of it saying oh that was a really good movie i i was hoping for a lot more because you know i i kind of did enjoy i or i do enjoy the first three so it, it was a uh it was definitely a bummer and i know it costs a lot of time and money and there's a lot of stuff that went into it and it just did not come out i think they but what the worst part is it still did 700 million dollars in an international box office and it uh almost uh, it did 800 million worldwide so that just it i don't understand it i don't get it and same thing that you, you throw the transformers in there that's almost like the same thing correct right and that's the bummer about it is the fact that disney is going to continue to beat it to death and not give it the proper story that I think people want out of it because people are just going to I know uh, um, Jack Sparrow does really well overseas with foreign audiences so you know that's a big contributing factor but uh, as, as long as it it the movie sucks and it continues to sell uh, really well I think we're gonna have Disney's never going to put the time into it that could because there's still some life in there. There's still we could. They, I'm I'm sure there's still some really good stories to tell if they would just be willing to tell them instead of creating. We're too obsessed with spectacle, man. I think that's why we're so into like superhero franchises now. We don't really care about stories as much as we do seeing spectacle happen. Oof. But yeah, so um, <laughs> tell us how you really feel. I could go on about this, but um, okay. On my on to my last one. Uh, this movie is just a huge disappointment to me, and it was the Dark Tower. I was expecting so much. Love the books, and there's so much material to tell. And all they really had to do was make a script based on the Gunslinger, and they messed it up. They took a complicated story and made it so complicated that you not only have to go running to the Advil bottle after you watch it, but it just makes you not even want to give it another chance. And that's kind of a bummer, especially with all these 
you know, new Stephen King properties coming out. I think they could have tied it all together rather nicely had they put the time and effort into actually making it something good. And that's really hard to do in a movie that was shortened to 90 minutes, correct? Right. And that's another thing, like where these studios are so afraid of taking a chance on these properties that they're looking for shortcuts. Like they, they're like, they, okay, so the fans want this, but let's find out the cheapest way to give it to them. And it just ends up ruining all goodwill the fans are willing to give it. And it just makes it so we're basically been anticipating a crappy movie. I'd rather have it be expensive and good or not have it at all. I don't blame you a bit because Dark Tower obviously missed the mark to expectations from both, I guess, Stephen King fans, the regular public at large, and then also as well, the the critical reception was was very very mixed and you know actually trended towards the negative side, and it just really just was very disappointing to see the performance of the film as well. And it should have been, by all accounts, far and away the biggest movie of august and it ended up being just another dud in a sea of duds uh but we'll talk about that in in a, in a little bit but yeah definitely uh some some really really disappointing stuff there as far as what you were saying and definitely some some outstanding choices indeed uh, my losers i'm going to start off with one that you both you and i were arguing over as far as which one of us would put it on our list, and that was The Mummy. I know we had talked about The Mummy being part of this grand vision Universal has in creating a monster movie universe of their own and having everything connected and everything was going to be awesome as far as you know Tom Cruise and also as well Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde being involved as far as from now and then sprinkle them in as far as their movies are concerned and obviously expanding it with Frankenstein. And they, they talked about so many different monster movies being a part of this. And right out of the gate, The Mummy just stunk. Uh, I saw it uh, in advanced screening and just really thought that this movie was going to tank right off the bat. I was had such high hopes for it as far as leading this new universal movie franchise. And unfortunately it, it all but petered it out. I don't know what the status of it is now, if, if it's actually still in play, but obviously the performance of the mummy has a lot to do with why it may now be in jeopardy. Just like we were talking about as far as the alien franchise is concerned, the universal studios movie monster franchise may be in jeopardy going forward as well because this movie just reeked uh you know tom cruise just running 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 which you've seen him in many movies before trying to give you his uh, you know arrogant attitude uh we've seen that before on quite a few vacations as well and just really didn't do anything to endear himself and and his performance was probably the key reason why the movie didn't click. And that's a shame because he usually will bring uh, some type of character that we can relate to and usually does a, a formidable job as far as in that leading role. And he just didn't bring it this time with the mummy. And unfortunately uh, there was nothing else surrounding the mummy that took place that made the movie any more interesting. So definitely a low point indeed. Number two, I guess I'm going to have to say it. 
King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, one of the You're really right. most disappointing movies of the season. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, he's trying to interrupt me there and say, Gerald, you're wrong, but it is definitely one of the most disappointing movies of the season. I actually saw it upon your request, if I remember, as far as how, how good it was, and, and I came out of the movie going, this this thing's, uh, uh, this thing's a dead man. And unfortunately, it proved to be the case because you might be the sole individual that might have purchased a copy of it on Blu-ray because of how poorly it did at the box office. The effects on it as far as the green screening was really bad and, and the acting was subpar, the writing was horrible. I just, it, it, the, the, it, it, we've never had a situation, you and I, in, in, all the, in the years we've known each other now, and, and actually it, I can say that it has been years now where we've been so diametrically opposed on one subject. And I am happy, I, I, for a second, I want to pull all aside. I am happy for you as far as how much enjoyment you get out of that film. And I wish, I truly wish I can get that same enjoyment out of the film. But when I saw it, I just, I can't. I just, it's unfortunately did not appeal to me in any way, shape or form. And um, I was really sad. I was more disappointed as far as fact, because you, you think so highly of it, but unfortunately a lot of the audience critical reception and box office numbers showed otherwise. And I'm hoping that what you've talked about earlier in the show about a movie clicking with audiences, because you and I both seen in the past with video and whatnot, where a movie that didn't get critically hailed or anything like that hits the video market and suddenly finds new life. So I'm hoping that for you, that King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, will find a new life on home video and that it will do well there because it definitely did not do well at the box office and definitely was not, in my opinion, one of the hallmarks of the summer movie season. But again, like I said, it's something I really wanted to enjoy, but unfortunately I just couldn't. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping that it will actually perform very well in the home video and actually vindicate itself. And hopefully I'll be able to eat crow going forward on it. So, uh, you know, any thoughts on that? Any comeback on that? So like I said, yeah, it's not meant I, to be mean spirited at all. Just like no, I said, no, it, it's probably not going to get its sequel. So it, you know, at this point it doesn't really matter, but I mean, I, I liked it. I went in wanting to be, it entertained me. So I wasn't, it's not by any stretch of the imagination like an you know an award winner or anything, but it it, it did it to me it was entertaining and I like that style of movie and editing. So you know we'll just have to continue to agree to disagree on this one. And I have a feeling we'll be disagreeing on this subject later in the year as well. <laughs> but we won't say when and where. But I have a feeling it might be on an episode in the in the later in the future but we won't talk about that right now uh and then i'll be said again I'll, I'll be i'll be told again that gerald you're wrong but um last but not least as far as a downer on the summer box office season i i'm, I'm gonna say it again for the last time so we touch on this and it's the month of august uh definitely just the best performer in the month of august was annabelle two and that is you know it's a good and bad i was talking to josh about it that it performed, as far as from a profitable standpoint, it is the most profitable film of the month. And when the worldwide numbers come in, it will make almost $300 million. Uh, it's well over 200 right now. So 
if that being the case, you should be thinking, oh, that's great and whatnot, but it's actually the least performing of any of the Conjuring series. So it's a little bit of a trend going down, but I'd still make you know more stuff in the Conjuring series, even though they're being sued, as what what uh, Josh told me. So it's still definitely something uh, to be proud of. But that was the lone winner in a sea of just bad movies and bad performances hitman's bodyguard might win three weeks in a row but that's by default and it still might not even turn a profit so well that should tell you more than anything if, if a movie wins the box office weekend three weeks in a row and isn't turning a profit then that's really something sad to think about as well and uh, the Dark Tower, uh, also as well, Logan Lucky. There's so many different performances, so many different movies that, that really just underperformed at the box office this month that really just left both Josh and I just flabbergasted at the, the way the movie industry kind of took the whole month off on quality films and, and promoting a good film because we thought there was still an audience for it kids weren't back to school yet for the entire month there was still plenty of time to make a great film and put a great film and a great movie experience there that could garner a lot of claim and a lot of income you and i both saw it with guardians of the galaxy the original one that was an august film so definitely uh, there is money to be made in august but it seemed like no one really annabelle two aside Nobody was really going after it as much as they should. So definitely some disappointing news indeed is the entire month of August as one of our biggest losers of the summer box office movie season. I mean, Dunkirk. Dunkirk was a movie that was released several weeks ago in the middle of July, and it still performed better than virtually all the other films that were released in August. And that, that's definitely a telling sign indeed. What are your thoughts on some of the big losers at the box office this summer? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, GameSource, and Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. Again, we just truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast. Coming up next is a conversation I had with Dylan Manus of the Punched Out Podcast where we are talking about MMA and can Bellator be that ultimate competitor and compete on a high level with the UFC. We're going to talk about that and more MMA as the host of the Punched Out podcast. Dylan Manus joins us right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Hey guys. Hi! Check out Rec Level 3. What's that? We're a gaming geek nerd culture fandom podcast. Wow. And you can find us every Friday at 1130 a.m. on RecLevel3.com. Yay! And we're back to the program. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there being part of the broadcast here today. Want to thank everybody, not only on a podcast radio network, but our entire entire lineup of downloading and streaming options for tuning in to us today. We truly appreciate it. And I just wanted to take some time out today to talk a little bit about some mixed martial arts. And who better to talk some mixed martial arts than the one of the best mixed martial arts podcasts that's available on the internet today. It is the Punched Out Podcast, now available on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Stitcher and Google Play. He is the host 
of the Punched Out Podcast. It's Dylan Maness. So great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on, sir. John Jones recently was reported as one of the pre-fight drug tests that he took before his last fight where he knocked out Daniel Cormier. He was tested positive for steroids. So I ask you, Dylan, with that news, it's not exactly entirely shocking, you know, knowing his past history and whatnot. What is this going to do for the UFC as far as a top draw now being possibly out for up to four years? And secondly, what is it going to do for John Jones himself and his career? Is it essentially over? Well, according to Dana, it, it really could be over. And you have a young man that has all the talent to be the greatest fighter of all time. Probably the greatest fighter we've ever seen compete up there next to, in my opinion, just people that are considered some of the greatest of all time. And I think that he is potentially greater than every fighter that's ever graced the octagon. He, he's just, he's seemingly unbeatable. So when you have somebody like that, who's, who's so young and has started the mess up so early on in his career and given chance after chance, after chance, after chance, and, and really just, blowing away every shot and and telling the media themselves that that he's a changed man and that uh, he'll never do this stuff again and, and then doing it right back over again i mean i don't know how many more chances you can give a person uh, exactly and you know he's had issues with the law he's had issues already with drug testing before in the past and uh, i heard the suspension if it takes place could be up to four years and for a fighter like that, his window is very short. And even if he does get back in four years later, let's you know, say hypothetically, it probably won't be the same John Jones that he was as he is now in his prime. So that's very disappointing news indeed. And obviously it also takes away from a potential John Jones-Brock Lesnar fight, which had been heavily rumored for taking place once Brock Lesnar got off his suspension sometime, most likely next year. So that that puts that by the wayside as well. So I ask you, now that there's really a lot of question on who will take that next step in the UFC, if you can name me one fighter, one fighter, male or female, that's going to take that next step and be that superstar that the Rouseys, the Jones the McGregor's, uh, you know, just going down the list of all those great drawing cards before, who do you think is going to be that next fighter that will take that next step in the UFC and become that big time drawing card? Well, the most unfortunate thing is that we already have that one fighter and it's a fighter that everybody can't stand. And it, it appalls me to hear people not love Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He's probably the greatest champion of all time. Whether you want to argue that his weight class isn't strong enough, there's still nobody that that wins as decisively as he does and over and over again. At the end of the day, we're still talking about fighting, and a, and a fight can go either way, and this man continuously wins. But outside of that, I also like Max Holloway. He's a young kid, and he's just he just does everything right. Well, it seems to be predicated always within the boxing and MMA world that the heavier weight classes 
always seem to get the love and the and the shine and the and the spotlight. But like you said, with Demetrius Johnson, he does have the talent and the skill to be that top drawing card if the UFC promotes them correctly. And in the past, UFC was able to go ahead and go out of the norm and push that that type of fighter, even if it wasn't something that they were interested initially in doing themselves. I remember Data White saying he would never promote as far as women's fights and whatnot. And as soon as he got on the Ronda Rousey back uh, bandwagon, that took off like a meteor and like a rocket, you know, which became the top drawing star for the UFC per se. So I just, I, I hope he will get the love and the and the strong backing of the fans and at, at some point in time. And I hope it won't be a situation like, you know, in wrestling. Let's just say, you know, the WWE's version of Roman Reigns, so to speak, where, you know, the promotion's putting him on top, but the fans aren't exactly willing to follow. So we'll hope for the best for, for that sense in Demetrius Johnson. But uh, I also want to ask you, there's always been a competitor to the UFC once it started to gain a foothold with a worldwide audience in the past it was uh, pride in the past it's also been world series of fighting those two really unfortunately didn't materialize eventually as a as a top competitor but bellator in the past few years has become i guess uh, in its own way with spike and and whatnot since ufc left spike has become a a competitor to the ufc but they've done it with some relative unknowns and also some individuals who have left UFC, whether it's because of a certain amount of losses or a certain amount of bad feelings in regards to contract disputes with UFC. So I ask you, Dylan, this is, again, this is Dylan Manus of the Punched Out Podcast. Do you think that at some point in time, Bellator can actually become a top flight competitor to the UFC and actually someone that even the casual fans can take seriously as a as a alternative to the UFC. My opinion on that is Bellator has has become a big competitor of the UFC. Will I will they ever reach that caliber? Uh, that is to be determined. I almost hope they do. Now the World Series of Fighting is Premier Fight League, so we have another competitor in there. They're promoting this new deal that they have, the richest tournament in MMA. That's a that's a good deal. I, I don't think they're going to be a real factor. I think that Bellator is the only real factor. But the thing with Bellator is there's two spectrums to Bellator. There's young, unknown guys, old, late in their career guys. So when you when you have that, you you gain some of what the UFC is losing hardcore fan base from back in the day, the 90s. They get to watch some of their favorite fighters live out some of their dreams to get to fight the certain people that they want to fight. Example uh, would be Frank Mir. I, I got to talk to Frank Mir, and he told me that he would do whatever it takes to fight Fedor. Now, that is before Fedor got knocked out his last fight, but he told me even if he had to leave the UFC – that he just wanted to fight Fedor before he retired. So Frank has left the UFC, has signed with Bellator. So I assume that that's what he is chasing, as is everybody that's going back and fighting later on in their career. I don't know what Chell accomplished. Uh, I mean, we saw Tito fight and 
but then you got a uh, Ryan Bader and Phil Davis who are who are still in some depth in their career. They got some time left, but a lot less time than probably Vanderlei or Tito's done and and Chell probably don't have much longer. Frank's probably got a couple fights and if Fedor fights again, I guess he fights again, but just judging by his last performance, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see that. But as far as them becoming a competitor, Liam McGarry, I, I like Liam McGarry. Linton Vassell, they have to re- they have to rely on those guys. But what they were trying to do is put their eggs in that superstar blue chip wrestler basket, and it backfired on them with Aaron Pico. So um, I remember that. Yeah, they had, they had definitely were trying to highlight them, and credit to them for doing so. It just like you said, it just backfired on them, and unfortunately put them back down a notch. It's not necessarily a bad thing. These college wrestlers that, that they're they're recruiting. Uh, is is a super good thing because the, the UFC aren't chasing these guys. And in my opinion, wrestling is probably the strongest base that you can have when you come into mixed martial arts. I mean, if you're getting hit, let's get this fight down to the ground. Uh, and on the ground, you just have to worry about your submission. So I, I like wrestling as probably one of the strongest suits that you can come into the mixed martial arts game with. Um, so them picking up wrestlers, especially super high caliber wrestlers, is not a really bad idea. But they need some real superstar talent. MVP is a talent. He might be a bigger star than Eddie Alvarez. And uh, really anybody that I've seen come out of Bellator. Uh, There's not a whole lot of superstar factor when you look at Bellator. But he's something special. And I think they need to hold on to him. But what we really got to think is my last episode, I talked to John Fitch. John is the leader for getting the Ali Act passed in MMA. I don't know if you're familiar with the Ali Act. He informed me a lot, and then I did a lot more research. But essentially, that would equalize the playing field with other promotions. It would really equalize everything and, and take away such a dominant powerhouse. Well, there's some great points indeed from Dylan Maness of the Punched Out podcast. I'm hoping for the best. I would love to see a situation where Bellator gets itself on equal footing with the UFC. I'm hoping that day will come. Uh, maybe you know some champions that they currently have, like Brent Primus and Rafael Carvalho, will, will actually be able to take that next step and be able to be those drawing cards that Bellator sorely needs and also Spike TV as well. So that's definitely something we can we can hope for with Bellator trying to become a bigger challenger to the UFC. I just want to tell you, Dylan, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show today. Any last thoughts on either the MMA scene or your podcast and and how people can get a hold of your podcast today on your awesome Punched Out podcast? Well, they can get me on Facebook. That's my most active uh, spot. I, I have a Twitter I do not have an Instagram, but you can find us on Facebook, The Punched Out Podcast. Give us a like. Shoot me a message. Uh, just just let me know what you think about the show. And you can get it on Google Play and Stitcher. I believe I believe that's it right now, but I'd really Apple appreciate Podcasts, everybody listening. Yes, Apple Podcasts. And that's right. That is Dylan Manus of The Punched Out Podcast that's now available Get it today. Listen to all the episodes. He's got a list of great fighters he's had the chance to speak to that's going to be available. You can catch it right now on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Stitcher, and Google Play. 
Dylan, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show. And I'll tell you what, it's just, I'm hoping you can come back on the show in the future to talk MMA anytime you like. And I'm hoping you you will do that. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to having you on the Pop Culture Cosmos at some point in the future. I would absolutely love to continue to come on your show. And anytime you have MMA-related questions, just shoot them at me. And uh, I'd love to come on here and discuss things with you. Awesome, awesome indeed. So that's Dylan Manus of the Punched Out Podcast. We truly appreciate him being part of the PCC Multiverse. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast. And as we close this on out, there was some news this week. It was actually kind of a lighter week. Uh, you know, Force Friday is is on the day this airs, and and that's awesome. You know, as every year, people look forward to all the toys and what they can get, and all the news they hear from from Star Wars and whatnot. So that's great. But there was pretty a light week. Otherwise, with some not really some telling news out there, but we wanted to go ahead into one news item primarily that kind of got people out there kind of stirring because it was out there as far as the ending for Secret Empire. It's actually blasted all over Times Square in New York. So if there's anybody that doesn't want to hear any spoilers on it, sorry, I'm going to be telling some slight spoilers on what's going on, on how the Secret Empire ends. But first, Josh, I want to hear your words on secret empire and why it really never struck a chord with you as a comic book series it was a gamble and it did not pay off it was poorly executed that it they'd had they, i think they were stupid for even making it because what they did was take a lot of heroes that we know and love and they pretty much made us hate them and that like i've never hated so many heroes at the end of a comic book run in my life and i think that that is going to forever leave a stale taste in our mouths yes i was glad to see that finally the good captain america was finally able to meet up against the evil captain america and he defeated the evil captain america with mjolnir's hammer still i think it's just too little too late and it just it's like it's like trying to put out the fire after already it's burned down the barn and and it's just a little bit too late to to deal with it now marvel has to suffer the consequences and basically try and do damage control and it's going to take a long time to rebuild the faith in the in the fan base and and for the fan base to to regain faith in marvel so definitely some some things to think about indeed as marvel has finally ended these secret empire and then yeah, it's ended on a high note as far as Captain America saving the day, but as far as the future for him and for Marvel, it may have been a case of too little, too late indeed. What are your thoughts on the Secret Empire series now that it has finally concluded? Yes, I know there's going to be an epilogue of some type, but basically for all intents and purposes, it has ended with Captain America, the good one, over the Captain America, the bad one. Share your thoughts on what Secret Empire meant to you. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, Humanity Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. 
So before we head on out, Josh, please let us know what's going on with your great network known as Humanity Media. Yeah, just the, the same stuff as always, man. The Tuesday night show, podcast radio network. We have Inside Sports starting from episode one, starting Friday, either Friday or Saturday. Uh, you'll have new topic clips you can watch or listen to the other ones right now. There's two of the parts from episode four up. Yeah, and a new Super BS on Monday. So stay tuned and you can, you know, the, I, I'm sure I'll do other stuff. You just got to follow us on Facebook, check the social media pages. And uh, yeah, thank you. Oh, that's awesome indeed. So definitely look out for that, including Attack of the Mannequins. Attack of the Mannequins every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And also look for our great show, the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. It's the number one show six months in a row on the Podcast Radio Network and also on over 12 different streaming and podcasting outlets. And it's all because of you, and we truly appreciate it. So for Josh Peterson... This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We are back with another part of Topic Apocalypse, where for sometimes more idiots sit around a table and discuss topics we may or may not know anything about, but <clears throat> still decide to talk about anyways, because why not? And, uh, you know, I just uh, threw my topic out there, and Daniel's still throwing up, um, Wait, Eddie just did something. I think he's did ready. Did you remember I your think topic? You remember. I, remember, I remember my topic. Ed, Eddie, bl- Eddie, Eddie, Eddie blanked out for a second. Oh, so so we got to catch him before he, this uh, this loses. Okay. All right, go so, for it. So over the last few years, especially with the election, there's been so much crazy from all walks of life, whether you be Republican, Democrat, Independent, blah blah blah, blah about fake news. Will there ever come a time where it becomes, I guess, like a state-run media where? It's not necessarily it censored, but it's fact-checked in a sense. So like Russia? Uh, yeah, almost like <laughs> Russia. Well, like, it's crazy. So, you know, you open CNN, and of course they're, you know, towards a certain political agenda. And then you open oh, Fox News, okay. and it's paused. Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. I barely remembered my how, topic. How like, CNN I can't remember. We just started okay. towards one political direction. So anyways, yeah. So you have CNN one way, Fox News the other way. The Young Turks are, I think, going left. When does it become, you know, 
because obviously journalists don't don't care. They just care about getting the story first. Will we as a society ever come to the point where things have to be fact-checked before it's put on the air or say there's like a fine or something? No, because it's, like it's sad because people want to make headlines that will make people click on it. So it's all clickbait. It's all clickbait, clickbait or it's something that they'll say like, today on the news, and they'll tell you about their day stories and they'll leave like the most interesting one for last, which is probably going to be a lie or whatever. But that's just, it's... It's a it's a rating thing. Like networks actually encourage this stuff. Yeah. These practices. Yeah, well, it's down cr- the news. The yeah. news says, "Hey, crazy story, whatever," and it's two minutes at the end of the news, so they get you to watch the hour long programming to right. listen to some BS story. Well, they got to yeah. justify yeah. the only charging BS. what they charge for their advertising to you know Sprint and Nextel. Yeah, yeah. shout true. out Nextel. Yeah, if you want to sponsor the Topic Oculus podcast, we are uh, open to sponsorship. Thank you. Thank you, Retro City Games. Yeah. <laughs> Retro City Games. In Henderson, Nevada. In Henderson, five miles off the street. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We won't screw you like GameStop. Um, okay. Hey, GameStop is actually staying alive. Shout out GameStop. Staying alive. We will take staying your ducats too. They're, they're becoming like Hot Topic, and I guess it's working out for them. Yeah, but, topic has bullet but you know, if, like today, I opened my Facebook, and over the last couple of days, with all the riots going on and so on and so forth, it keeps the story keeps like changing and evolving, and it's like, well, what do you really believe? It it went from oh, it was a you know a white supremacist KKK march, and then it turns out supposedly one of the organizers was a former Obama, well, Obama yeah, Obama supporter slash Occupy organizer, o- Occupy Wall Street, right? Yes, so. You know, as the story continues, what are we supposed to believe now? Because it's changed so many times. And not just this, this, for instance, you know, look at last year. Look at the Russian probes. You know, if I were, when the facts do come out about the Russian probe from, you know, the FBI, is it is it going to still be the people out there that don't accept them because the media is just totally bullshitting them this whole time? Well, I don't, I mean, there is a little bit of bullshit, but I think that the culture of, of news and reporting on things of the world has become has already shifted to the point where it's not going to come back that the news is so all the different news agencies are competing to be the first to report something that are not necessarily checking right they whether it's apologize it completely accurate or whatever and then they go you know oh like we'll, we'll amend this story i mean i've like looked on articles online on the news and it's been edited like four different times. Like, oh, yeah. we got this wrong, or oh, we got this wrong. No, it's, it's like, just it's a recent update instead. Yeah. So they just cover their own ass and say, oh, well, we just got more information. So, well, we reported, you know, there, literally two minutes ago. There's. But a, I wonder. But I wonder how many lives it's destroyed. A lot. Doing it that way. There. So my like my degree is in journalism. So like I <laughs> that, when I went, yeah I I majored in, in unemployment. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Why didn't you go for philanthropy, huh? Yeah, because you they're because yeah. 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 you can't be yeah. an entrepreneur if yeah. you can't afford it. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. So all all the textbooks that I read, they they always stressed how like because they were written probably in um, the eighties, I imagine, and it, they always talk about how there's a time when like the most important thing in journalism is etiquette, and you want to make sure you're checking your facts, you want to make sure that you're not defaming anybody because that can lead you into trouble. But now that's all, that's all the news is, is people either defaming somebody or just writing things that aren't true. I was looking at fact checked. I was looking at that CNN is Van Jones. I think it is. It's becoming like a soap opera on the news networks. Like they had two people crying on Fox news. We've got that with the president. We've got 
the U.S. is now a giant soap opera. In oh yeah, public, you know, opinion is very true. Yeah, yeah. I there's this uh, this article popped up today about West Point uh, taking away the diplomas of Confederate <laughs> soldiers. Did you guys see that? I love. Yeah, it. now they can't get like, their football tickets. Every, all all of the comments. Wait, is this the the Onion? No, no, oh, okay. okay. It's called the uh, it's the duffel blog or something, but like <laughs> all the comments on it were people just completely outraged or people celebrating saying, "Ha ha, that's what uh, Confederates get." But it was uh, it's a nobody was actually reading it because it was it was a joke blog. If they were to actually click on the article, they would see that it wasn't true, but instead all these people are like reposting this and it, putting it, it stuff on. It goes back to like what we were talking about on episode 1 of Topicopolis, whatever you say. Um about how people just read headlines, and mm-hmm. that's where they're getting their news now. They're not even completely reading everything. They get, you know, just the headline. Oh yeah, it's got to be true. Well, people like Josh, right? Yeah, me. I'm pretty sure Josh actually wrote that article just to get. I did. <laughs> I did. It's hey, all Josh, about the clicks. You we know? have to go ahead and let you go for being a racist. <laughs> but no, it's no, he's it, a race baiter. It is. I'm a hate monger. It, that's all, and that's what all the news really wants. I mean. Um, a friend of mine was at a cigar bar or lounge or whatever down in Newport and wound up hanging out and talking to Dennis Rodman, of all people. Dang. Yeah. 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 So, Did he just get back from North Korea? Uh, and they, they talked about all that stuff. But he's like, you know, basically, if the news were to just stop spreading the hate and spreading, you know, dissension and trying to separate the nation and just talk about other things, the whole, you know, everything would go away. But instead, they want to put all this hate out there and push people to where they want to hate so they have more news, which is what yeah. everyone's believed for a while is and all they want to do is just put the negative out there so they can separate everybody so they have more news to talk about when the, when the riots start. And right. It, right, and a lot of people don't even know why they hate the things they claim to hate. Like there's a, I don't know if you guys saw the video of the dude saying in front of the Robert E. Lee statue with an AR-15 on his back and everyone's yeah, and he like was, he was dressed as a screaming gray at him, but he was... Um, the people who were sitting there yelling, like, they didn't even sound... They sounded like a bunch of valley girls. Like, they didn't even know what they, they were, were arguing about. I think they were just trying to be popular. Yeah, so how much of this, like, protesting and stuff is, is about relevance, and how much is actually about them feeling like that's something they need to... Society needs to fix? Well, it's a, it's a changing... It's changing big time, where freedom of speech isn't really supposed to be a thing anymore, unless you believe what the masses believe. Because this is going to be censored, we can't trust anything Eddie says when he brings up America and stuff, so. <laughs> well, you know, a, a funny Facebook post I saw was, it was, it was like the New York Times or LA Times where they do the, their cartoon drawings, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, like, two different sides, and it was, oh, upcoming, what is it going to be, World War Three or Civil War? And I don't think what a lot of people understand is, is things that are occurring right now, especially with the media intervention, could very well trigger something like that. In all, in all seriousness, yeah. not not being, you know, one of those conspiracy theories, but think about this. A lot of, you know, how many gun owners are there in America that will eventually take that serious step, that get tired of seeing national monuments ripped down? Not not saying I agree or disagree with the teardowns, but eventually it's going to trigger something. That's interesting you say that because I was, I was thinking about this before. Like, you know that whole idea of without superheroes, would there be supervillains or vice versa? Yeah, that's, yeah. So do you think that, because we have groups like, we have the alt-right, the, uh, what do they call themselves, uh, neo-Nazis or whatever they are? And, uh, yeah, Antifa. Antifa. Yeah, we have Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Do you think that these groups would exist without if the other side didn't have a similar type of group? Well, you can't have good without evil. Because I, th- I know that 
the alt-right came about because Black Lives Matter, and then Antifa came about because of the alt-right, and now we have all these smaller groups popping up because of Antifa. So no, it's, you didn't know alt-right is just the Klan. It's kind of their new name. The Klan's been around forever. No one's ever specific about exactly what the alt-right is, but it's a... It's an ambiguous term to encompass... Neo-Nazis, extremism, right-wing political beliefs. So, you know, that's that's what I I gather from what I was reading about the protest was they were like, hey, we now have a label that unifies all of us. So now now we're now all under one banner. It's like... Oh great! Thanks a lot, news. You just gave all these guys one banner, yeah. a name to unite under, and it's like great. And now we took a bunch like, of little problems and made it one big and huge problem. Yeah, thing. Yeah. Soapbox too. Yeah, and so also, do you think that social media helps, like, in enlarge these problems, like oh, yes. amplify them? Like, like Daniel said, you get these people that don't read the news article; they just read a thing, and then they share it on their Facebook, and their friends are probably just as ignorant, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then on the flip side, there, you know, granted, I have a bunch of friends that, none of them are neo-Nazis, but, you know, like, anything that's news-related, they question, um, and they'll bring up really good points, but then there's ones that are like, like, they actually do the research, and then there's the ones that are like, oh, I'm just going to share everything because I just don't agree, you know, it's all yeah. so-and-so's fault, and anything that's against so-and-so, you know, this, this group or whatever, I'm just going to post it anyways. Yeah, it's just... It's crazy. It's like a couple years ago, if you would have been questioning the news, saying, oh, you know, no, you know, it's possible they're, they're wrong or they're just trying to incite violence, you'd have been considered a conspiracy, a conspiracy theorist and you would have been crazy. Yep. But it's like now that's, that's normal to say. That's a scary thing. That's because a scary conspiracies world. conspiracies are, are real now. It's, it's one of those things. It's, <laughs> well, the scary it's thing is... It's not conspiracy. It's just fact. Yeah. It's like, you know, as, as social media and technology evolves... We're seeing more and more as far as what our governments and governments around the world are doing. I mean, is there really anything you can hide anymore nowadays? It's also kind of, you know, the one thing that I've always, with all these, you know, police brutality videos and stuff like that, it's like, it's nothing new to have bad cops across the country. I mean, there's bad cops, there's bad people in every single walk of, you know, any any, uh, career path. But the main thing that is feeding, is fueling the fire now is social media. Is everyone putting stuff out there? Because like, I'm sure there was cops beating people left and right back in the day before people all, everyone had a camera phone and wanted to record it instead of getting in there and actually doing something about it. And it's also like when you have people up in, was it North Hollywood this weekend, this lady's getting sexually assaulted and people are just walking by or videoing it and just walking Filming by. It. Do, do you see that video of the lady hanging outside of her employer's building? Mm-hmm. And instead of going to help them, they're just sitting there filming it. Like, she had accidentally fallen out the window, and she's kind of hanging on for her life. Well, because you have to be the first to post that. Oh, it's so oh weird. my gosh, just, look what I saw. Just like the news media. We, we want yeah. relevance. If it's first, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, the whole so, mentality behind it. We want relevance at the cost of people's well-being. But I think it, there's a... there's an, If you go back even in deeper and further, I think part of it... Um, is that everyone's become so entrenched in their viewpoint that they don't know or understand those that have countering viewpoints to theirs. They don't care to at least dialogue with them and at least Mm -hmm. understand what makes these people tick. They just immediately vilify them, and so then it just becomes a shouting match. Who shouts louder, who shouts louder, who shouts louder. And then you win the argument by there's no conversation yeah. Yeah. Then, oh I won no you're just ignorant that's how you know you lost the moment you start throwing out 
But in your in your head, you don't tell yourself you lost. Yeah. You keep it going. You get so passionate about it, and then it ends up with situations where, like the guy who ran over the people with the challenger, it's it, it's 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 really sad. But mm-hmm. all right, hey, in case you didn't know, you can catch the podcast on podcast.com, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and all podcast outlets across the globe. iTunes iTunes also that uh, that's probably the most Sub- important subscribe one subscribe and give us a and give us a review because we are a relatively new podcast and reviews are the currency of the realm for podcasters um, and uh, you can listen to it broken up in pieces or as a whole once all four epi- all four pieces are posted as a whole as a whole that's a joke we made last week too anyways uh, we'll be right back if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. That uh, to us people that can feel things, it it uh, it hurts.